what you are hearing is my accent. What's the big brewer? Ha ha ha! The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. Welcome to the Student Union, everyone, on the beautiful campus of LCMSU. I'm your host, the Chancellor, Pastor Marcus Sill. Joined here today in the Student Union with Reverend Paul Homan. Paul serves as the campus pastor at Uni- University Lutheran Chapel and Student Center in College Station, Texas, serving students at Texas A&M University. Go Aggies. How are you doing, Paul? Gigam Aggies. That's right. I'm doing <laughs> fine, Mark. Oh, that's good. What is this gigam thing? You always hear gigam with uh, Texas. What does gigam mean? Yeah, I, I've been told um, a few different stories, but the one that I've heard the most is, uh, of course, A&M used to be in the old Southwest Conference, with, uh, along with several schools, including TCU, who their mascot is the Horned Frogs. And so, uh, from what I'm told, the, the act of uh, hunting for frogs, when you get one, you, you've kicked them. And so, uh, when they play TCU, that's where uh, that... that expression resulted from so wow they say it for anybody you know whoever they're playing it's gig and maggies well tradition tradition runs deep down there you got the whole 12th man thing and yeah, uh, yeah. do you have to give advice to students before they go to games to make sure that doesn't get out of control i suppose they're pretty respectful of that just drink the, a lot of water the whole standing okay yeah but what's this and, whole uh, what's this whole kissing thing how what's that's not why I had you on the program today, but what's the deal with this whole like kissing thing? Is it at the first touchdown, or what's what's the deal? Yeah, the guys in the core of cadets, and really that's um, you know that's the history of A and M. They were founded as a a, a military school, uh, but the tradition became, and I, I don't know when this started, but whenever A and M scores a touchdown, um, the cadets would kiss their date. And uh, so, of course, they're hoping for a lot of high-scoring games. Well, so. sure. You know, you go to—that's a way to drive attendance for the. Well, I suppose they don't have attendance problems, but no, uh, it certainly uh, make sure the attendance is still up for those uh, those kind of uh, those box office games where they're playing like uh, you know Alabama, Southern, whatever uh, that yeah. they probably shouldn't be playing. But uh, anyways, well. Um, now, how long have you been there at Texas A&M as a campus pastor? And you've done campus ministry before. Tell us, tell us a little bit about your background. Where, what have all of you done? And you served as a missionary, if I recall. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your background? Yeah, um, this fall is my 15th year here at, at A&M as a campus pastor. Hmm. And before that, uh, my first call, I'm a second career pastor. My first call was to Chicago to the Northern Illinois District, and my, my call there involved planting uh, three different international student ministries over a five-year period. So those universities were University of Illinois, Chicago, uh, Northwestern from the Big Ten, and then Northern Illinois University out in DeKalb. So three very different, you know, you have inner city, you have affluent suburb, which is uh, Evanston, and then DeKalb is an hour west out in the cornfields of northern Illinois. 
So uh, now, wait that, a minute. If Marty great. Marks is listening, he would say, "Are you saying that uh, DeKalb is not affluent like Evans?" <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, those are three completely. I've I've been to pretty much all three of these places. They are completely different environments. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, yeah, but it, it was a great experience. Uh, I think. To the best of my knowledge, you know, I've been gone for, for 13 years now, but um, to some extent, all three of those are still going. Um, and as a, a missionary, you love to hear that. So, um, Well, it sounds like you did a great, a great job pioneering um, that situation and being instrumental in getting international outreach uh, going there. Of, of course, we can't have a program where we talk here in the Student Union about uh, kind of the essence and importance of international student ministry without uh, paying honor and respect to uh, um, Dr. Carl Selly, uh, Pastor Selly, who uh, longtime campus pastor. I think he was at he was at Madison, Wisconsin for a while, and then at Stevens Point and helped uh, found international student ministry, and. Uh, and uh, passed away a week or so ago. I was I was privileged to be able to to make it up to the funeral um, there. I, I happened to have been in Austin, Texas at the time, but I went up, uh, or as they say down in Texas, I went down to Stevens Point, Wisconsin, <laughs> um, and had a chance to go there. It was a wonderful opportunity to give thanks for his life and his ministry and his, uh, really, he, he was a pioneer, was he not, in terms of this whole field of international student outreach? Yeah, he really was. Um, one story um, that I, I can relate about, Carl, uh, you mentioned that I was a, a missionary, a volunteer missionary in Japan. Uh, this was back in the early 90s, and uh, I remember this distinctly. I got uh, the Lutheran Witness in my little little apartment there in Fukushima, Japan. And the, the issue was the, the different kinds of uh, missionaries, the different settings, I guess, where our synod had, had people working. And one of them featured was Carl Sully. And um, this was back in uh, 92, I guess, when the synod had called him specifically to uh, reach out to to international students at several different campuses in the state of Michigan. And um, I started reading that article, and I thought, hmm, that's something I'd like to do someday. Hmm. And uh, here I am, you know, 24 years later, uh, much of my pastoral ministry has revolved around international student ministry. So without even having met the guy, you know, he planted the seed in me, uh, to think that that would be a, a pretty cool ministry to be a part of. Uh, the other part of that story, then, when I came back from Japan in 1994, went to seminary, and as I mentioned, my first call out was to Chicagoland. And so at that time, uh, Carl and his his uh, wife, Carol, uh, invited me to come over to, uh, I think they were living in Ypsilanti, Michigan at that point, and they invited me to come over and spend three or four days with them and hmm. just tag along with Carl. Um, we visited probably three or four of his sites in Michigan and uh, just, you know, kind of sit at his feet and observe and learn. And so, you know, both of them are so gracious and uh, just wonderful servants of the Lord. And, and uh, I'll always remember Carl's mentorship and always very encouraging about uh, international student ministry. 
Well, and, and their dedication is just, uh, it's remarkable. I was joking, I was talking with Paul just before I, I called you, and we started recording this program, and I said, you know, did here Carl had, had died, and Carol has been a wonderful caretaker. She's very, very gracious, and, you know, she's still concerned to get the next international student ministry doorstep um, out on time and asking for people to provide information and and uh, I'm sure Carl would have wanted her um, to to not only not worry about it but also to uh, to keep up the work and so I think uh, the greatest way we can honor that pioneering spirit that uh, that this man had is really by keeping the focus where he would have wanted it and that's on on Jesus and also on uh, sharing Jesus and the opportunities that God has has given us with the international students uh, coming to this country. And so that, that leads me to my uh, my second real question here is, you know, why, give us a little sense for those, there's a lot of people out there that maybe don't listen, or they do listen to the program, but maybe they haven't. This is the first time I think we've had somebody on to really talk about international student outreach, and maybe they aren't aware of what kind of numbers are we talking about? Is what why why is this such an a big issue and such an important thing for us to be concerned about reaching out to these international students? Well, I think you mentioned numbers. Uh, one of those numbers to think about is what does it cost our church body uh, to prepare a missionary and his family to go overseas? You know, as a, a long term uh, missionary, and I I don't know what those figures are, but I'm. I'm sure it's uh, it's not inexpensive, but yet with international student ministry, God is bringing people of all different nations from all over the world right here to us, um, and it really doesn't cost a lot of money to do international student ministry. Uh, like a Carl So, you just have to have a heart for these folks, and. Um, so in reality, it's really the staffing issues are really the like somebody that's dedicated to the task. It really takes a dedicated person. Yeah, having that intentional mindset that that many of these, uh, I think the numbers of, of international students now somewhere between six hundred thousand, seven hundred and fifty thousand at colleges, universities, even junior colleges, you'll find international students now, and surveys show that maybe 80 to 90 percent do not know Jesus Christ as their, their Lord and Savior. So what what a mission opportunity God is bringing the nations to us, and um, what are we, how are we going to respond to that opportunity? Well, I know one of the first things when I, when I do some consultations with, with uh, folks that are interested in reaching out at a local uh, campus, I always ask them, well, one of the things I want you to do is Find out your demographic footprint of who all comes to the school and where they come from, and then go to the international student office and find out, you know, most colleges, it seems like, you know, that there's always a lot of international students, but there's usually a couple main groups. Like I know at the University of Wyoming, it was all mainland China. Uh, we even yep. had at uh, um, Little Community College, Western Wyoming Community College in Rock Springs, Wyoming, 80 <laughs> Um, students from, I think, Hong Kong in, wow. in the middle yeah, of the desert, in the middle of, of the high mountain desert in Wyoming. And you, you probably find this interesting. One of the biggest areas at the University of Wyoming when I was there was that they had Nepalese students in large numbers because of the high altitude. Oh. <laughs> right. oh. that, that always cracks me up. The same thing is true at, 
at Flagstaff at Northern Arizona University where they're at like 8,000 feet. We were at 7,200 uh-huh. feet. And I remember talking to them. They used to suffer the low, the, the, the incredibly low altitude. <laughs> <laughs> what is what is the makeup there at Texas A&M? Are there some, some key uh, international groups there? Yes, there are. Uh, and that's changed here in recent years. We The, the number one uh, nation represented now is uh, students from India, and uh, Chinese are still a close second. Um, of course, we have uh, a lot of South Koreans, uh, Taiwanese, uh, mainly from from the Far East. But we've also had uh, I've seen a, an uptick in the number of students from the Middle East, mm-hmm. uh, Muslims, and uh, yeah. to be frank, that really surprised me that that they would consider stepping into a, a Christian church. Not coming for worship necessarily, but for English conversation and friendship opportunities. And, uh, that's and they're been, probably uh, curious what what this what a Christian church would look like, and some of those kinds of things too. Yeah, yeah, maybe so. But we've had we've had students from Iran, Iraq, uh, Egypt, um, you know, almost Turkey. A lot of Turkish students. Uh, so that's that's really been exciting to see that door open. After I went to uh, to Carl Selly's funeral in Stevens Point, I drove over to Green Bay and walked the campus with a local pastor there, and and I noticed that they had a, a map outside the international student office that showed like like uh, like where most of the people were from, and there were two places, and this is in Green Bay, India. And, I mean, they always have a smattering from everywhere, and there's always a Canadian, and I mean, we can argue. I mean, we don't really think of them as international, but I guess they are. Um, but it was India, and the next group that was almost rivaling them was Libya. Wow. Um, I, it was either Libya or um, or Morocco. I couldn't tell where they had all the pins. But wow. that was very interesting. I know that uh, we've talked a little bit about this in the Office of National Mission, that the next the forecast over the next um, the next uh, generation or so, is we're going to see an influx of Africans um, coming to America in in bigger numbers. So I do think that's on the horizon. But I thought that uh-huh. was, you know, if you can imagine these these um, the African students coming from uh, from near the equator, coming all the way up to Green Bay, Wisconsin. Um, <laughs> Maybe College Station would be a better. Fit. Yeah, there you go. Everybody just go <laughs> goes. <laughs> But now, how is how is uh, international student ministry different from kind of the more traditional campus ministry? Because you really have both going on there. Um, we do. do. Do they work well together? Do the college students get involved? The kind of the more traditional American LCMS college students do they do they like to get involved? Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Well, I think uh, one of the big differences is that you're talking a different. Uh, age group, because the international students tend to be uh, a little older students, you know, mid-20s, all the way up sometimes into their 40s or 50s, depending on what they're here for. Uh, They're master's level students, PhD, postdoc, and so their level of maturity and and dedication to study Mm. (laughs) uh, is a little different than an 18 to 22-year-old American kid. Uh, so that that's one of the big differences. Um, for a lot of the, uh, the international students, we find that we're we're serving their spouses. Uh, they have mm. time uh, 
um, to spare. They want to improve their English conversation. Uh, they, they can't work here. They don't have the right credentials. So they have free time. Hmm. And um, this is one of the ways, ways that they spend it. Then there's probably um, kids too, huh? Sometimes kids, yeah, yeah. Um, as far as connecting the American students, that's always been a challenge. And I think, um, you know, like our, our culture in general, we're a little bit fearful of that which we don't know. And uh, we're, we're a little uncomfortable, but it's, it's really exciting to see when an American student discovers, hey, you know, this international student's not going to bite. Um, they have some of the same fears and, and um, uh, challenges in their life that I do. And so we've had students who uh, willingly serve as conversation partners. Uh, that means they get together uh, hopefully on a weekly basis or maybe every other week with their assigned uh, international student, and uh, they just spend time talking. It, it could be at the chapel. Maybe they meet at Starbucks or or someplace else if they're choosing. But uh, the whole idea is, is building relationships, uh, building trust in order to share the good news of, of Jesus with them. So there's two qualifications then for a conversation partner. One, can you talk? Um, <laughs> preferably yeah. in English, actually, because the point is yeah. that they would like work on that right and then two do you know jesus and like to talk about jesus (laughs) sounds like a pretty simple thing it sounds like something almost anybody could do and i would add even a third one uh to be a good listener oh there you go to to listen to the international story sure and uh, their their perspective on the world and life i think that's that's really important now uh can you tell? Do you have a favorite story, maybe, of a uh, time? I know that you, um, international student ministry. Tell us a little bit about international student ministry. And I know you hold a couple of different conferences here and there for international students. How? Do, tell us a little bit about that and what uh, what ISM really is all about and what kind of things that they do. Oh, you're talking about the Mission Society now? Yeah, ISM is a Inc., the, the RS recognized okay. service organization. Sure. Right. Yeah. We got about they, six um, minutes here. I want to make sure we give a give a little bit of a plug and a shout out to all of our good friends. And I know you serve on the on the ISM board, and I want to make sure that we have a chance to kind of highlight the highlight what they do and how people can get involved. But what kind of things does ISM do uh, for people um, for international students in general, as well as to be a help and support to folks like you that are trying to do it? Yeah. The uh, the Mission Society ISM Inc. was formed uh, probably in the mid-90s, if I remember right. So it's been around for for 20 years or so. And the focus primarily has been um, how can we assist um, full-time directors at mission sites or or part-time folks or volunteers, how can we assist them in their efforts to reach out to uh, international students? Mm -hmm. And so through the years, they've had uh, various resources on their website, uh, by the way, their website is www.ismink.org, and uh, you can go on there and, and check out what's there right now. Uh, but the idea was to assist those who are on the front lines every day working with uh, international students, um, Bible study ideas, conversational ideas, so forth. Uh, also, prayer partners has been a big, big part of that. 
uh, enlisting people throughout the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod to regularly pray for our directors and for their efforts. And that's accomplished through uh, a newsletter. It's uh, every two months it, it comes out. It's called The Doorstep. And um, there are, every issue there are stories of what God is doing in the lives of international students. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them come to faith in Jesus, and of course we want to uh, highlight those and tell those stories. But also prayer requests from each of the sites. Uh, you know, the, the director's name is listed and where they live, and then the, the requests that they've submitted. So every week you can be praying for uh, usually one or two different directors from, from around the LCMS. Um, one of the, the best things, and I've been involved with it, I think, since 2001 now, every May, uh, ISM Incorporated puts on a, a conference for international students. We invite students from across the Synod, and uh, they come to St. Louis for a week. We go to a retreat center out in Dittmer, Missouri, beautiful Dittmer, Missouri, and um, and we study the, the Word of God there. Uh, there's two tracks. One is uh, kind of a catechism track, a simplified catechism, and that's that's the part that I've uh, been privileged to to lead the last uh, 15 years. And then the other track you've been doing this for 15 years. 15 years. Wow, yeah. Yeah. that's wonderful. And the other track is salvation history. So they're uh, they're going from Genesis. To Revelation and, and, and touching on the, the mountaintops, so to speak, of, of God's story as they go along. Oh, that's that's fantastic! I've had a chance to see this, and uh, it's it's a wonderful thing. And uh, Paul, you do a very wonderful job too. And uh, and I'm sure everybody can learn more about that at uh, ismic.org. A lot of great resources there. Um, before we we just got about two three minutes here. I want to. Do you have a favorite? international student story maybe tied to Carl Selly uh, since we're kind of giving a, giving respect and honor here for, for all of his years of, of, of service in this regard. You got something for us on that front? Something you can share? Well, one, one really cool story. Um, this happened maybe, I guess, three or four years ago at the in-depth conference. Um, we actually had a, a young lady who wanted to be baptized. Uh, we, we always have a closing campfire the last night, and uh, there are four staff members present, and we take turns uh, saying a blessing and then saying a prayer over each student, and they get a Bible passage to take with them. Uh, well, there was a Chinese young lady who uh, indicated that she wanted to be baptized at the, the uh, closing campfire, so we arranged that, and as the baptism was happening, uh, a butterfly came down, literally right over uh, this young lady's head as Carl was, was baptizing her there in the, the woods, you know, in the opening in the woods where this campfire was. And uh, what a what a touching moment, you know, this, that powerful symbol of life, uh, the life-giving waters hmm. of baptism. Uh, <clears throat> and this was at night? This was at night? Yeah, this is uh, yeah, 7 you, o'clock at night. Yeah, normally you don't think of butterflies. You think about them fluttering around earlier in the morning or yeah. during the daytime. Well, what a wonderful thing. Yeah, yeah I had so a chance. Go ahead. about that for a long time. Now. Oh, I'm sure. Well, you know, and that's that's uh, that's that's fantastic. I had a chance to, the one story I have is not so much about Carl, but 
happened to be uh, doing a, a preaching gig at the Manual Lutheran Church in Charlottesville, Virginia. And it just happened to be the day that I was there that they were going to have a baptism, and it was of a young international gal. I think she was Chinese. And uh, she brought uh, 20 of her friends, and they were from six different continents or something like that. And so th the opportunities there are endless. And so thank you, Paul, for all that you have done. Um, thank you for being such a faithful campus pastor there at Texas A&M. Uh, gig them to all of your students and everybody involved with your campus ministry there. In many ways, it is a great model for campus ministry uh, throughout the church. And thank you for your dedication to uh, to the international student outreach. And, of, and of course, um, God's blessings to, uh, to Carol Selly and all of the Selly family at this time and for everybody at ISM. That's all we have time for here on the Student Union. Hey, registration is open, college students, for Liberty 2017. Check it all out at lcmsu.org. And remember, college is tough. You need Jesus. We'll help.